Hello and welcome to the Lose Forward podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Callum. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Oh, back again so soon. Yeah. How's this week been? Wet? Miserable, hasn't it? Well, where we are, it has been anyway. Yeah. But at least people have, uh, the next lot of people have been in to see the games. Yes. Which is uh, a real positive. Yes, definitely. Um, unless you played at home and you lost. <laughs> I'm still not. I'm still not sure how away fans are attending some of the games, though, to be honest. No, I'm not sure. Was there some Wigan fans in at Salford and some of field at Lee? And yeah. I'm not quite sure how that's come about <laughs> no, in the end. But No, I'm not either. But um, I'm, I'm guessing it's because they've, uh, they were short of uh, season ticket holders or something. But you'd think they'd you sell them to home fans, wouldn't you? Yeah. I yeah, it was know. a strange one for me, that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure that'll all. I'm sure that'll all come out. Yeah. Um, but another, uh, another fun-packed week of rugby league gone by. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, some really good games, wasn't there on show? And um, it's never never boring with rugby league, is it? No. Um, and a lot more um, sim bins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some of them are getting a bit ridiculous, I think. Yeah, we'll come on to that, won't we? Yeah. Uh, and I think we'll come on to that very soon, because I think we're going to open up with the uh, the NRL, aren't we, this week? Yes, NRL, as always, first up. And, I mean, we've just spoke about that. I've I've been reading now, I don't, I don't think they've done any more disciplinary since I read it, but so far there's been 11 players banned from last week. Yeah, um, the most notable one for me was... Uh, Victor Radley. Well, should we go on to that game first then? Yeah, let's kick off with that then. So Roosters 16, Broncos 34. And... I mean, that's a shock in itself. Well, yeah. It the, the, the other gripe I've got with this, right, is that whatever Australian twitter page did it with i can't remember if it was fox league or nrl or whatever and it was like albert kelly our x amount hundred and odd x amount you know whatever days it was he's been in super league but they were like albert kelly x amount of days in exile now back in the nrl do you mean exile he's been playing for hull i think our and all care yeah as most of them he's been in hull then. he's been he's been in hull. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i think our twitter friends um six again picked that one up as well yeah, it, it'd been in exile because we responded to them saying it. it's like when they have these ceremonies when they say a player's retired. Yeah, and he's signed and then, for whoever over think, here. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, he's not retired. He's just he's just moving leagues or moving clubs or whatever. It's ridiculous, isn't it? So does that mean that Albert Kelly's come out of retirement then? Well, they've made it sound like that, haven't they? Yeah. They've made it sound like they were the ones who were like, nah, you can go now. I think what makes me laugh about it with like with the Aussies like this is that they then say, Oh, we've got this endless conveyor belt. But actually, you've you've turned to Albert Kelly, who came back to play in your reserves after playing about five years in England, mm. and now he's turned he's turned it round in a game for you. And David Mead, who got a couple of tries, who's been at Catalans yeah. for the last few years. They, they seem to sort of really overlook this, don't they? They they just sort of Really look down on it, don't they? Yeah. 
But I think the one thing that narked me about this was that last week we, you know, I compared the Broncos' defense to that of Harold Shipman, and <laughs> and then it seems to be a theme. Every time I say something, it's it's like a commentator's curse. Yeah, um, a real shock, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it's quite close for, for most of the game and stuff as well. But then you know, Victor Radley gets. Yeah, talk not, to me about Victor Radley. Not simbined once, but twice, and gets put on report for a third incident. Four, four he got. Oh, four. Yeah, I must have missed one. No, he got one at the end where he ran out. Oh, he, yeah, and he, he ran hammered out the him, line, didn't he? And he hammered the winger. I think was it was it Coates? Coates, I think it. And was. And he, he hammered Coates. When it wasn't for that, they said he wasn't offside, and that was fine. It was the fact that when he put him on the ground, then he dived at him and smacked him in the back of the head. Yeah, he's now got he's got five game ban. He misses Origin. One and two, apparently. Yeah. And he's not, he's yet to play Origin. And sort of like one of his main focus points for this year was to actually make his Origin debut. And, and now yeah. it's been um, possibly postponed or till till the third game or maybe even 12 months. Because if they're winning and they win the first two games, they might not put him in for the third one. Mm. Well, yeah, quite right. Yeah. Did you see his statement today? No, I haven't seen that. Right. No. He, he said. He'd been taught really good tackling technique by, and I think he, he I think he cited, uh, I think he, he, Craig Fitzgibbon and uh, Adrian Lamb, I think he, he cited. And he said he'd been uh, taught really good tackling technique by them. And just because they changed the rules halfway through the season doesn't mean that he has to change his tackling technique. I think he's going <laughs> to miss a few more than five games then, isn't he? I think it does though, Victor. Yeah. He'd, he'd look like, he was ready to implode, I think. That that last one on Coates, I think, was just complete frustration. Yeah. The first one on Albert Kelly, I thought, was all right. Yeah. Kelly kicked it, didn't he? And he, I didn't think it was late, and he sort of jumped, and then while he was in the air, sort of turned it into a tackle um, and, and brought him down, but I didn't think he'd hit him high. Yeah. Um, the, the, the second sim in the, the Pengai one, I thought it was okay at first. And then when you see the replay, it does actually like cop him in the head with the shoulder. So I thought, fair enough for that one. But the the, the Kelly one, I, I thought was really harsh. And then the, the the Coates incident, I think, was just complete frustration. Um, but the you know they spent what twenty minutes there with twelve men on the field. Yeah, was that the game? I'm sorry, I'm trying to think out loud because I've, I've not written it down. But was that the game where the Broncos got one sim bin, which was absolutely ridiculous? I can't remember. Um, and and it was a really soft one. It could have been, but I can't, I, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, um, excellent, uh, excellent performance though from the Broncos. Seventeen-year-old um, Joseph Suali. Yeah, they had to get special permission, didn't they, to yeah. play him yeah, for the Roosters? Yeah, yeah. Looks all right. Did just a couple of good things, but you know, he's only seventeen, and um, probably best not to put too much pressure on the lad. Absolutely, and all sport I think does that. Not just rugby league, all sports. Do yeah, so the sixteen, seventeen. They're and, always the next somebody, aren't they? Yeah, that's it's, right. It's it's yeah. a bit unfair, really. That's right. Yeah. Um, another. Shock, if you like, from the from those at the top. Eels six, Seagulls twenty eight. Yeah, man. Or, or is it a shock because 
they've started to play some real free-flowing footy. I would still say it was a shark. I yeah. Would, I would still say it was a shark. I was really confident that the Eels were going to win um, just because of how well they've been playing. Yeah. And then to come away, you know, having been beat 28-6 off the, the Sea Eagles. Like, like you say, the Sea Eagles have been playing well, but I still think it was quite a, a big shock, really. Yeah. Best bit of that was uh, Brad Parker. Yeah. Um, he scored. Was it, did he get a hat-trick? Uh, yeah. He got a hat-trick, didn't he? But... Um, they were saying on his uh, on the commentary, his nickname in the dressing room um, was uh, Hank Scorpio <laughs> from The Simpsons. <laughs> Do you remember Hank Scorpio, the even the evil mm. Bond supervillain yeah, in one of the? Uh, I think one he of the is episodes. my favourite one-off. Simpsons Hank character. Scorpio, yeah. yeah. Do you want sugar? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want some cream? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, um, but yeah, if you haven't seen Hank Scorpio, then look him up, and it's uh, he's quite uncanny. It's a brilliant nickname. You ever see a man say goodbye to his shoes? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah, Hank Scorpio. Yeah, yeah, I, I love. It. I do like Hank Scorpio. Um, but yeah, that eels not really with it that day really I didn't expect, you know if they were going to lose I don't think you'd have expected them to lose by that margin by you know 22 points and Seagulls will just be hoping to keep it going now over the next few weeks yeah definitely definitely um, let's go to the um, the Jim Morrison derby the Jim Morrison derby yeah which one's this Raiders on the star. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, I've been waiting since Saturday, I think, or Sunday, whatever it was, to say that. <laughs> I kept singing it all morning. Like, come on, Raiders on the Storm. I can tell I you like, I was excited by that. I was. I was. Raiders 10, Storm 34. Uh, Nico Hines, I thought, was uh, excellent in that game. Yeah, Um it was it the, just I don't know what it is about the the storm. They just sort of surprise me every week, and I, I'm not really sure why. Because I don't think they deserve that sort of reaction. I think it's just because I expected them to not be quite as good because I thought they'd lost a lot of players and mm. things like that. Um, and the Raiders are just nowhere at the minute. We've mentioned before about the conveyor belt that the storm has, and that's something we're going to do in our feature in it because we're going to speak a lot about the soup these. Super League academies in a, in a while, yeah. Like I say, and you know the next the next one they've got coming up now is uh, Nico Hines, who I don't know if you've he did a fa- one of their face to face interviews with Matty Johns, and he's had like a real tough upbringing. Like really? his mum was in and out of prison, and and just like really struggled growing up, and was saying like he thought he was I can't remember what club he was at, but they they didn't give him a professional contract and. He was sort of saying, "Well, I felt like I played better than ABC or whatever," and and, and then the storm picked him up, and, yeah. and look, you know, look what's happened now. But the, the the big thing that I read coming out of like the storm is a lot of players from the storm who were off contract. I think Nico Hines was one of them. Aren't willing to sign a contract with the storm until they are sure Craig Bellamy stays. 
And if Bellamy goes, they're not sure that they want to stay at the Storm. He's a real linchpin, I think, for that for that club. Absolutely. Proper Fergie-type character, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah the, the best coach by by a mile looking at it, really, I think, overall, yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, that says a lot about him when players are, are doing that, but... Um... The big news out of that game as well is obviously that we've heard this week about George Williams... Uh, being granted an immediate release home. Yeah, that was a um, shock. Um, I know that one of the journalists, I think he was like heavily involved in it, is uh, called James Hooper or something, the, the ball bloke. And basically he was, I thought he was quite disrespectful in the way that he was um, describing the situation, just sort of saying like... Um, Oh, you know, we texted him saying he wasn't coming to training. I've got a lot on my plate. Like, um, I've got a lot on my plate and I won't be coming to training and I won't be right for playing on the weekend. Um, so the start, uh, the, sorry, the Raiders sort of asked, you know, got him in and said, right, well, there's your immediate release. Like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And that mm-hmm. was how he said. And I thought, you have all these state of mind rounds and, and all this. Mental aware, mental health awareness yeah. going on, and you know, not only are the media sort of saying like, "Oh, he's just walked out on him and things like that," but the actual Raiders themselves have just sort of said, "Well, we're not really that bothered," you know, either suck it up or go home. Yeah, yeah, it does. Make, it does beg the question about what support they have give him. Well, George Williams then came out on Twitter, didn't he, and um, and, and said um, that it was false that he said he was leaving by text. He said what he did was text the welfare officer um, about his mental well-being um, and basically that um, the... Yeah, I've got it here, I think, actually. There you go. He says, false. I tried to explain my mental well-being to the welfare manager. I asked for a release weeks ago for for the end of the season. Not once did I ask for an immediate release but instead of supporting me, the club kicked me out the door, plus I've not signed the release. Q, um, Q millions of Australian rugby league fans saying another another pommy that can't cut it in the NRL. Yeah, and I don't think that's the case because he's, he's doing really well and, um, you know, it's all right for them sat Australia, in Australia like, with the families and all the friends and everything. And, you know, obviously COVID, I don't think the, the pandemic's helped, has it? Because he, he must have had plans to, for family yeah. to come see him or for him to go back home and whatnot. And obviously I don't think that's been allowed to happen. So, no. you know, when it, it's, it's not like, you know, some of the Kiwis or whatever, they're only, I don't know how long it is on a plane, but it's not halfway around the world, is it? No, and it's impossible to read into someone's mind about how they really feel as well. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, when, when Australians, all the Australians that go home and things like that, none of them saying anything about that. They don't. It's like it doesn't happen. No, and it does happen in reverse. Yeah, it happens Australians all the time. to Super League and then they, they cite homesickness, don't they? And yeah. The best one that I enjoyed about that was Joel Moon. <laughs> yeah. He played for Salford, didn't he, and said he was homesick and moved to Leeds. Is it closer to Australia? That's, is that what that's what Phil Vivas said at the time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he must be. He must be closer to home. It must be closer to Sydney. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. I thought that one was quite good. 
But you know, in terms of this match, the the Raiders just weren't at the races, were they? I don't think they have been for. Is Ricky Stewart in charge of a sinking ship? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a good question. Just seems to to be strange that it's happened all at once because I think they started quite strongly, didn't they, as well? And they've had a good like, couple of seasons, and I'd, I'd, who knows? I don't know. It's something just seems to have gone terribly wrong over the last five weeks, six weeks. Yeah. Let's talk about my team and then your team. <laughs> so for this week, my team, the uh, Mighty Titans, thirty. Yeah. Um. The Bulldogs, 20. An absolute walloping. I mean, if you're letting the Bulldogs score 20 <laughs> points, come on. Come on. With with the most ridiculous simbining that you'll see again. Um, Dylan Napper on uh, Jared Wallace. Jared Wallace, I, I, I thought I'd swap the NRL for the... Uh, uh, the Premier League at one point, <laughs> the way he went down holding his face. We said um, this had happened last week. And Dylan Knapp uh, gave him a real mouthful on the way on the way off. Did he? Yeah, well, first of all, he was just trying to get up and get on with it. And then when he didn't and he got simbined on report, he was, you know, he was fuming. And, and, I, and quite rightly so, I think. And then to compound that, Jared Wallace then scores on the next set of six. <laughs> We said this had happened, that they'd just go down all in the red, and I've seen it loads. Yep. I've seen it all the time. And I think you're only going to see it more. Definitely. But um, Titans back to winning ways, and back in the playoff zone in eighth. Yeah, and yet they were about four to one to finish top four or something at the start of the season. Yeah, that's not happening, is it? <sighs> I'm not quite sure why they were that, but... I'm not. I'm not convinced they'll go top eight. They're in it, but and they're certainly not going top four. No. Um, right now, I want to ask you a question now, right? Because three weeks ago, I said to you, "Are the bunnies looking like a grand final team?" And you went, "Yes, I think they are." I wish we had that audio clip. You went, "Yes, they are." So, uh, Rabbitohs twelve. Panthers 56. Yeah, but they might play the Panthers in the grand final. <laughs> That's twice in three weeks they've let 50 points in. I know, it's weird, isn't it? Weird. M- more rolls in the defence than a sieve. <laughs> but just running out of words for the Panthers, really. Well, be- before we try and find some words for them, um, I-, I meant to send you a picture today from the bunnies that uh, it was an invoice for an order and um, at the beginning of the season after the first I think it was in March um, the bunnies have put an order in for 10,000 t-shirts uh, all saying 2021 premiers you joking no which they've which they've spent $90,000 on you're joking no no I'll send in fact we'll I'll we'll tweet the picture afterwards after the after the podcast is up why would you do that? I don't know. It's forward thinking, thinking ahead, in case they'd run out of t-shirts in like October or something. Do you reckon they can like the 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 one is like velcroed on, yeah. so that they can change it to a two and a three, <laughs> and so on. Because that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No. Are you buying one? I would do. 
just just for because a laugh. it's like it's like one of them where you get a stamp with this that's the head's upside down or something isn't it yeah it just it never happened so yeah it's yeah. a rarity yeah oh i read I, i've seen the I, I saw a picture of that today so we'll, i'll tweet that all right and uh, and put that up which i thought was hilarious and um uh the panthers are now only 3 wins off a calendar year of regular rounds undefeated which is incredible and the next 3 games they've got the bulldogs the tigers and the sharks you would think they would win all them 3 quite comfortably wouldn't you the the, the only other one the the only one that you think um who was it? The the bulldogs, the bulldogs, the, the tigers, and the sharks. oh, the tigers, right? Uh, sharks, probably the most difficult out of them three. Would you say? Possibly. <laughs> but you would expect them to win all three, really. Yeah, quite comfortably. But by far, and head just head and shoulders above any other team, I think at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the next, the next one for me. I don't know whether it's too. Rubbish teams, or whether they're improving slightly. I think you, it's two are, rubbish teams. Really. Are you going to go with the Cowboys? No. Oh, the Warriors thirty. Okay. Tigers twenty six. What I did see in that was that the Tigers blew it big time in the last couple of seconds. Yeah, they had about they had about a five on two, and then took that long passing it over. The defense managed to scramble, and they had to come back the other way. Yeah. Um. I think it's just two bad teams now that I've said it out loud, to be honest. Yeah, more Simbin into galore in that game as well. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from that, I don't think there's a lot else to say on that one. No, and, and the next one as well, I don't think there's a lot to say about that. Cowboys 36, Knights 20. The only thing I would say about that is that um, during the game, the Cowboys went down to 11 men and still won by 16. Yeah, that's quite impressive, really. Again, another... Simbin is galore, isn't it? And the Knights, you know, they don't have Caelan Ponga playing. They don't tend to win. It's like you know, no Ponga, no party. Excellent. So <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah, yeah. I that'd be a, that'd be a better T-shirt. No Ponga, no party. That'd be a better T-shirt than the Bunnies. Yeah, maybe the twenty-one premiers. Maybe should... the Knights should spend ninety k on it. Yeah, no Ponga, no party. Yeah, yeah. actually, probably the. The storm or something, because that's where he'll be next season. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, again, there's a few what I'd call nothing teams that we haven't really talked about a lot on the on the podcast. There's that, never really anything. But there's nothing to, to say about them. No, the only thing about the Cowboys is again, it was another game that was close. Yeah, Tamalolo was banned for this week. He got a one match. He was one of the players banned. For yeah, he match. got Simbin, didn't he? Yeah. Uh... It's just, I don't know, this seems a silly rule at the minute. Um, last, I think we've got one more game, haven't we? The Sharks 13, the Dragons 12. Golden point this, wasn't it? Yeah, Townsend drop goal. What do you make of him? Because he, he really cops some stick from Sharks fans. Well, he's they, signed they, for the Cowboys next season. Well, the, and, the, and they're so glad to get rid of him. I have always quite liked him. I thought, I've always thought he's... You know, a, um, a pretty decent scrum half. You know, he's not in, in the same category as some of the others, but 
He's definitely not the worst. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I think he's quite good. Well. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's one of those that they that they they are hoping to get rid of. I don't think you um, have to do a lot to get slagged off in Australia, do you? No, it's very uh, cutthroat, isn't it? Very. Okay. Shall we go on to some news? Some yes. news and stats then? Yeah. Um, I suppose we'll stick with the NRL for a little bit of news. Um, legendary player and coach Bob Fulton, Kangaroos coach, five-time uh, premiership winner with the Sea Eagles, uh, passed away this week uh, and has been given uh, a state funeral in New South Wales. Oh, really? Yeah, which is a really nice touch. Yeah. It's just, you know, a state funeral for, you know, for a rugby league man. That's just, I just sort of hit me the importance of the game in, in New South Wales. Yeah. And it says a lot about him as a person and, and, and things. So it's a quite a nice touch, isn't it? By, yeah. By the state. Um, sad news as well this week. Uh, the referee, Henry Perinara, uh, forced to retire uh, because he has uh, an irregular heartbeat, a too fast a too rapid a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, not a strange one, but um, you know, sad for him and that because he's, you know, he's, he's he's been he's a decent referee and yeah. But yeah, just you know, you got to look after yourself, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, another another player that's been touted about Super League again. Um, who's leaving the Dragons at the end of the season, is Matt Dufty. Yes, I saw that. They've, and, they've said that he can go and look elsewhere. Yeah, and he's been rumoured to be Super League bound previously. Yeah. But then got his place back. Yeah. Um, but he said he wants to stay in the NRL. Which obviously you're going to want to do. Yeah. Um, and... To be honest, David, I, I don't. Surely, I when I watch him, I think surely somebody's going to, you know, pick him up because um, he is a good player. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's that many fullbacks knocking about at the minute, and that, that's the problem, I think. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. Um, uh, Israel Falau <laughs> assigned for the Southport Tigers in the Queensland competitions, not Southport. Uh, in Lancashire, no. Um, um, but Southport in Queensland, yeah. Unbeknownst to Catalan, a big flower show in Southport, you know. In Lancashire, yeah. All right, <laughs> just, I just thought I'd mention that. Thanks. All right. Um, yeah, Catalan seeming a bit confused by that one because they didn't have a clue he was there or signing for them. Yeah, so Catalan have now said, well, hang on a minute, we've got a contract, and I think it is his agent who's then said, oh, you haven't got a leg to stand on. Uh, you, you haven't paid him. I'm quite it's sure he's not turned up to yeah. do his job. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what will usually happen in these situations, isn't it, is that he'll play for the Southport Tigers and Catalan will get some sort of compensation yeah probably I'd be taking him for as much money as I could get yeah definitely um, have you got some news um, a couple of bits Blake Green 
um, has announced his immediate retirement um, from the NRL. Okay. Um, obviously, had um, spell at Wigan, didn't he, in the 2013? He was quite popular when he was at Wigan as well. Yeah. Um, apparently, he's had nine clubs, I read. Really? I think so. Unless someone was just taking the make. But, um, but uh, yeah, he was always he was a good player when he was over here, and um, just to, I think he does a solid job um, in the NRL without doing anything spectacular. But yeah. I thought he was quite good over here. Um, obviously, the women's game, Saints and York York City Knights into the Challenge Cup final for the women's game. Yeah. Um... Interesting one for York, which we mentioned that I think there's about seven players gone from York to Castle, uh, from Castleford to York. Yeah, and then knocking them out, um, and then um, a really a much closer game with uh, Saints and the current holders Leeds. Yeah, that that was a great game to watch. So um, that, that looks potentially looked um, a really really interesting and, and close final. I think definitely, and obviously being. Um, shown live on on BBC, which is great. Um, yeah, and hopefully they'll get a decent crowd coming in first before the the first uh, men's semi final of the Challenge Cup at Lee. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and I think that especially with um, on that day a, a Saint in the first or second semi. I'm not quite sure which way around it is. Because if they're in the first, and they might get a few more watching. Yeah, because the, because the, Saints, the latest yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, could, makes more sense, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, well done to both teams. Yeah, Jordan Turner signed a new two-year deal at Castleford. Yes. Um, and apparently Salford are interested in Lee Gaskell from Huddersfield. Okay. Um, the only two bits Super League I've got is, uh, it's come out today, Greg Inglis is facing eight weeks on the sidelines with a torn hamstring. What are you scoffing at? I mean, I'm not scoffing at his injury, like, but I think at this rate, Andrew Johns will play more games for Warrington. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that one of those that's... It's a, like if you've been out with an injury for so long and then you come back, invariably... You have another injury mm. somewhere else because you then subconsciously put pressure on something else, trying to protect that part of your body or something. Possibly, or, or is it just that the intensity of the game and the training with not with being, if you like, ring rusty for two years, if you like, has has then um, had an impact on that? Maybe because you know it is either way. He's out for a long time anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The last couple of bits I've got are Bradford going back to Odsall. Yeah, Bradford fans, I'm sure, will be um, ecstatic. Yeah, but um, the bull mania days and and all that and everything, obviously everything yeah. before that is, you know, it's the part of their history, isn't it? And, it is. And, um, and the only other one I've got is... Uh, I want to talk to you see what your view on this. It just it baffled me a little bit. Um, Huddersfield, uh, Ian Watson has declared an interest with the agent of Theo Farge. Yeah, for next year. Yeah, 
But then, in the next breath, says, but he's that good a player that every other team in Super League will want him. And a number in the NRL as well. So he's not counting any chickens, if you like, to sign Farge because he knows that he'll have stiff competition. So the question I've got for you, if Ian Watson is right, and that's the... Then why is he not looked at as a marquee player for St. Helens? Uh, it's a good question. And does that beg the other question of um, uh, Aidan Caesar and he's out of contract? Does that sort of confirm that Aidan Caesar is is going? Um, yes and no. I would have said yes, but then obviously you're reading that Salford are interested in Lee Gaskell. Uh, and so what, does yeah. that mean... And Watson did say the interest in Farge was nothing to do with the situation with uh, Caesar. Yeah, so it could be with did Salford interested in Gaskell. Maybe he's already going there and that opens the door for Farge to play six and Caesar at seven. Mm. Don't know, but I, I can't see NRL clubs lining up for him. No. But um, Super League clubs, yeah, some, but you know, with regard to St. Ellen's, I'm not sure he's not. I don't think he's the the best attacking scrum half, is he? I think everybody loves him because he's defensively probably the best defensive scrum half I've ever seen. I don't think he misses. You know, he doesn't really miss any tackles, and whoever's running at him, yeah. uh, which is brilliant. You know when. Usually your scrum halves aren't quite as good at that, but for me, your scrum halves are there to create tries and you know have a have a really good kicking game mm. and, and lead lead the team about the park. And for me, I don't really see him do that every week compared to scrum halves. Well, present and past, I, I don't see him in the same vein of doing that as organisation, for example, as uh, Mark Sneed. No, or or even uh, Jake Truman. Or no, as Danny Bruff used to be. Yeah, no. Oh, I... Danny Bruff, we're talking about Danny Bruff. Uh, did you see this week he got the first 2040? Yes, I did see that, yeah. I did see that. So, Because I wasn't even sure we had it over here. No, obviously we have. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well done, Danny Bruff. Yeah. Um, my last bit of news is something that you, you've brought up, especially in the last few weeks, is the you, you've said that you've never seen so many blowout games in the NRL. Mm. And I saw this a couple of hours ago. Anyway, and it, it, it's the average winning margin in the NRL. Okay. So in 2018, it didn't have the exact... It was, it was like 8, like 13 points something, but it didn't have the exact figure, yeah. so I've just wrote... So it was around 13 points, yeah? Yeah. Pretty much 13 points. 2019... It's just below 14 points. It was around 13.8 points, yeah. the winning margin. 2020, it yeah. jumped up to 15. Okay. And for 2021, do you know what it's jumped up to? 18. Well done for looking at my sheet. Good <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Oh, is that what it says? Yeah. 18 points. I mean, that's three converted tries, so... It's quite a big gap. You in, know, when you think about it, it's quite a lot. You know, and especially in a competition that you always think, Anybody could win any game. It's renowned for being close games. Yeah, so mm. for it to jump up like that, 
I actually, I actually would have gone higher than that. On the whole, I think if you weren't cheating, if I wasn't cheating, it was a good guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought you might like that. I do. That's a good one. That. And while we're on, while we're on stats, I think it's time for this, isn't it? It's Bobby stats of the week. Well, we've just got them in hot off the press. Leaving it later and later every week. This kid. I know. I know, it's no wonder we don't get on the show. <laughs> He's got five this week. Five? Five. Four from the NRL. Right. And one from... We need to turn this round a bit with him, don't we? Yeah. Right. I'm, that, is that a, an official request for him? Yeah, I think so. Okay, right. So, uh, Joseph Suali. Yep. Uh, 17. Uh, was born five days after Benji Marshall made his first grade debut. Joking? No. Wow. So that's num that's that's number one. Number two, uh, Tom Chaboyevic continues his impressive run of form by either scoring a try or assisting in a try in each game since his return, and he's also currently averaging two assists a game. Pretty impressive, really. Yeah, and I think we'll stick with the Seagulls. You can uh, tell he's a manly fan, can't you? He can, yeah. Because he's also said now that they're on three wins in a row, and they've not won more than three in a row since 2017, when they went five games unbeaten, including a Golden Point win over the Raiders, and they look to make it four in a row this week against the Knights this weekend. Well, I would have thought they'd have won more than three in a row before that. I would think so. I'm not convinced that's his best stat in the world. <laughs> uh, one for uh, Leeds fans. We've delayed our Leeds special, haven't we? Yes. We're going to talk more about Leeds next week, aren't we? We're going to uh, get a Leeds fan on next week, aren't we, to talk about that. Um, and we've only delayed it because of the news coming out around the academies, and we thought that was worth a, um, a feature, didn't we? Yeah. So, Leeds Rhino stat. Leeds Rhinos have only scored 90 points... After seven games, which is the lowest amount after this many rounds in their Super League history. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, I've, I've seen quite a lot of Leeds fans complain about the style of attack and things like that. So, Yeah. And I know they've had a lot of injuries and stuff as well, which never helps, but um, you can only use that excuse for so long, really. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll find out a little bit more about Leeds next week. Yes. And we'll get one of our super fans on. Yeah. Okay. And the last one, um, I like this one. I've left this one to last. This is an NRL one. The Bulldogs. Do you know they play this weekend? Did you say it was the Panthers? Yeah. So they play the Panthers this weekend. And are currently the second biggest betting odds in NRL history to win the game. In Australia, they're round about just short of 35 to 1. Right to win the game, the twenty to one in twenty to one in the UK, but thirty five to one in Australia. Twenty to one here, is that it? Yeah, to win the game, it's not even worth a quid. That. You fancy them to spring a surprise? No, if they were thirty five, I might have had a quid on. <laughs> Do you not fancy them to spring a surprise? No, not no. Even I'm not gonna. Even I'm not gonna suggest that one. No. 
I don't think that's uh, the best idea. You're better off putting 100 quid on the Panthers to win. Uh, Might not even be worth that no, either. Wasn't. Anyway, that's what he's got this week, and that was... It's Bobby Stats of the Week. Right, your choice. Super League review or the Academy discussion? Um, We'll go... Review. Okay. So, um, the league leaders and the champions beaten for the first time this season. Catalan 20, St. Helens 16. Yeah. Um, again, cries from Saints fans that the attack isn't working. Catalan without Tompkins as well. They lost two in the warm-up, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So, an uh, uh, excellent win for Catalan, really. Yeah. Um <laughs> Just I don't know. Saints just don't seem to be attacking very well, but now they don't seem to be defending very well, having let you know twenty, um, eighteen, sixteen points in in the in the last couple of games. Whereas before that, they've been letting an average of about four points in or something ridiculous. So if they don't defend well, it looks like they're not going to win because it doesn't look like they were attacking very well. Yeah, teams seem to be working out their attack, don't they? Yeah. Because um, they're not scoring that many, that many points. Or if they are, they're grinding teams out with, with tries, like they did against Salford the week before. Seems to be a very Tongan way of playing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But um, but I think on this one, I think as well, you've got to give a lot of credit to Catalano. I think we're... 20 points to 6 up at one point with a, with a quarter of the game to go. Yeah, so I mean, Saints, you know, showing that they can attack because they've scored, I think, did they score two or three tries in the last 15 minutes, a couple of tries, and, and, and had a lot of the ball and were attacking quite well. So I think they've shown that they can do that. Um, but yeah, credit to Catalan, thought James Maloney was outstanding for them. Um, just, just ran the show, really. Yeah, and if you give someone like that room, he's going to do. Yeah, he's, you know, we we spoke about him the other week and, you know, what what calibre of player he is and, you know, he's represented, all his representative honours and stuff, he's the Kangaroos, New South Wales, numerous NRL clubs. So he's going to kill you, isn't he? I do like that as well, though, when players come from the NRL, like James Maloney, and they are still hungry to play. Yeah, some I players do, are I just do like that, that, aren't they? Yeah. they? They just go 100% all the time, no matter what they're doing. You know, so they, you know, they, They've been there and done it in the NRL, but they come over. But actually, they do look at it as a new challenge and do look at it, they still give their all at the same level of effort and performance as, as they did in the first 10 years of their career. Uh, it reminds me of um, Steve Menzies. He did that for years. Yeah, yeah, he did do that. Um, there's been a few like that. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was like that as well. Um, Minicello yeah. for Hull, because I thought he was going to be one of them that just come over for a holiday, and I actually thought yeah. he was, was really good. And Stacey Jones stayed yeah. here for a long time. So, but yeah, the, you get you get you get quite a lot like that, and it's all on the individual mindset, I think, isn't it? Definitely. But yeah, he ran the show for Catalan yeah. that day. Talk of defenses, uh, Leeds twelve, Hull eighteen, and um, Hull had. Numerous, numerous 
tackles to make in their own 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you see 18-12, you think that's that's quite a close game. But then when you see a lot of the Leeds forums and, and comments from fans online and stuff and just absolutely ripping the attack and, and the style to, to shreds. Yeah. Um, and yet on paper, you would think that that's a pretty good effort from Leeds. Yeah. Considering how they've been this season and, and how, you know, and how well Hull have started. And could have been better um, because uh, Tom Briscoe was really unlucky not to score, wasn't he? <laughs> this, I've never, ever seen anything like that. Why is he doing a roly? Why is he doing a roly poly? Do you want to like, tell? I'm sure people have seen it, but if they haven't, do you want to tell people what happened? Well, he's clean through, isn't he? And ends up sort of like having to roll over the line, and he's over the line with the. All he has to do is put the ball down, but he sort of does an extra roly poly without putting the ball down, and then Tumavavi comes in and holds him up. What's what's he rolling about for? Yeah, but it's in that thing with Neymar when he gets tackled and he's just like rolling halfway down the pit. There's about 50 rolls down the sideline. Yeah. That's what that was like. I don't know what he was thinking. He's literally got to fall over the line. It's actually more effort to do that roly-poly. I know. It was... It's sort of like... That... Embarrassing. It's not funny. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it was funny, unless you. Were, oh yeah, it was. I mean, unless you're a Leeds fan, then it's then it's. Well, you'd be fuming, wouldn't you? It was hilarious, though. Like, but yeah. bloody, I've never seen anything like. Are that. we going to take that up next week on our on our Leeds special with our Leeds super fan? Uh, well, I will. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Said. <laughs> yeah. Um, at Hull we've got Saints next two games now. One in the league, one in the cup. Yeah. So they'll be. They'll be. I uh, think they'll be quite up, confident. Yeah, I think they'll be feeling quite confident. Yeah, and somebody else that will be feeling confident: uh, Warrington thirty-eight, Castleford fourteen. Yeah, Daryl Powell's first win for Warrington. Yeah, and that's a <laughs> that's just a joke. <laughs> Again, I, I didn't get it at first then because I was oh. thinking something else. But no, it's good. Thanks. But he'll be going for his second win. They won in in the Challenge Cup semi-final then. Yeah, which will be a repeat of that game, won't it? Yeah, I mean Warrington thirty-eight fourteen ran away with it in the end, but well, Cast never really that in it. Widder is in some serious form, a, a hat trick for him, and thought Blake Costin looked really good as well. Um, dominated what, just on just on Warrington and Austin and, and Widder and things. Um, there seems to be going back to George Williams. Seems to be three likely destinations for him now on his return. Yeah, Wigan obviously, mm-hmm. but if it's can they fit him under the cap? But I also read today that because he's their homegrown player or whatever it is in the cap, will only cost them seventy five thousand on the cap. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Um, so, do they then ease somebody else out? Does Luluai retire now? Mm. Um, you know that sort of thing. There's different options for them there, yeah. um, or does do the they've got they haven't they've also got first option to speak to him. It's not a return clause, but they've got a first option to speak to him. 
Right. Oh, right. Not an, okay. not an automatic re-sign clause. Yeah, like first refusal. Yeah, they've got first refusal to, to speak to him. Um, I mean, if they've got the cap space or they can fit him in under the cap with his own grown stuff, then they absolutely will do, I think, won't they? Especially with Hastings going. Well, they'll be looking for next year, won't they? Yeah. Whether he ends up having like a short-term spell at, say, Leeds for the rest of this season. Which is what I was going to ask you while we're on this game. It's the, the likely destina- destinations are Wigan, Warrington, Leeds. That's what's being thrown about. Yeah, Um Warrington must have loads of cap space. <laughs> With the salary sombrero. Yeah. Um, but I, Warrington, they were talking about a swap uh, with Austin, uh, sending Austin off to Leeds right, and then getting Williams in. Right. I don't know. There's a few options there for him. And, uh, and who knows? And I'll lead purely in the picture because they've been so bad this season. Uh, maybe maybe that and the fact that Kyle Eastman is now gone. Yeah. Um, and, and Robert Lewis still injured. And just so he's a ready-made yeah, just replacement that probably offers more than both of those two anyway. Yeah, definitely. So, who knows? I'll have to wait and see. But, um, you know, if he's saying he's not even signed the release papers, he might not even leave. Yeah. Or is it too late, is it too late for a sound effect for, for Tom Briscoe? Yeah. Oh. Could have had the trombone this week, couldn't he? He could have done, yeah. But it's not too late for a sound effect for the first win of the season for Wakefield Trinity. Yeah, one that I didn't really think they would win either, um, especially with Ulkayar coming off um, a, a really good win last week. Um, weird, didn't it? Weird, weird. Best try of the game was when oh. Sean Kenny Dowell, yeah, through. I, I don't know whether he shouted for it or something. Uh, uh, Tinny Row around uh, Rona, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then the prop ran fifty yards. Didn't he? Just about made it, didn't he? Before he was he... just stood in the background, wasn't he? They just threw it straight <laughs> to him, and he went cheers, and off he went. If you were a prop though, and you were in that position, would you be thinking, "Ooh," or would you be thinking, "Oh no." I reckon he would be thinking, ooh, because he'd want to get off the nudie run. Maybe. But what would he be thinking 30 yards into the run? I wish I'd have passed it. Yeah. <laughs> but there was nobody to pass it to anyway. No. But I was that was a bizarre try, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and really sort of turned the game, sealed the game, whichever way you want to look at it, really. Yeah. yeah. So 28-12, so uh, uh, well uh, well done. Uh well done to Wakefield. Um, a, a decent game on Saturday. Uh, Salford 16, Wigan 17. Yeah, Salford um, really made Wigan work for it. And I'm, I'm sure they'll feel, maybe not hard done by, but um, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think is, but, you know, they, they, they probably should have come out winners maybe. And... Um, an 18 drop goal separates it. Um, they look like they're going to win for a long time. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think they'll they'll feel like that's two points lost, um, and especially after what we were saying the the week before about how we thought it'd be really similar to the Saints game and them really struggling to score points and you know keep points out as well. So 
I'm sure that Richard Marshall will probably take some positives out of that performance, though. Definitely. I don't know how you can't, really. Uh, uh, but but that leaves Wigan now as the only undefeated team in Super League. Yes. Um, although they do travel away to Catalan. This week. This week. Which, so. we'll have, which we'll have a look at that in the preview because that's a that's another big game and another big test for Catalan. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Interesting game, that one. Yeah. Um, and then the last game, uh, business as usual, Lee 6, Huddersfield 44. Although I would say that Huddersfield come, it's starting to, to look a little bit more like it. Yeah, sort of living up to the... Um, expectations or predictions if you like from a lot of fans about where they would finish and what they would be like for for this season yeah. so um i'm sure a lot of Huddersfield fans and and Ian Watson and the players will be feeling um pretty good at the minute yeah um lee um a little bit like the uk entry in eurovision <laughs> very much so nil pois yeah um, and I don't really see that that changing much. So we'll move on from there, I think, um, because they're actually going to feature in our next uh, our next feature, aren't they, with the academy stuff? Yeah. So obviously, news coming out um, during the week and over the weekend about um, the academies and 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 how. Um, Three, three big ones, four big ones. Well, um, the background to it is that they've had uh, 15 applications in for 10 elite academies. Yeah. And there's certain criteria that had to be met. So the, the eight clubs that have been awarded, uh, sorry, the 10, sorry, 15 applications for 12, and they've awarded 10, haven't they? Yes, right. They 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 said they weren't um, going into it to it certain numbers. They were just doing it as they sort of saw it as the criteria. Yeah, right. So the the ten successful Catalans, Huddersfield, Hull FC, Leeds, London Broncos, Newcastle Thunder, St Helens, Wakefield, Warrington, and Wigan. Yeah. Which all seem pretty standard, especially like the last three or four. Yeah. So what? What do you? And and I think that's all around these elite academies. Then to to um, access some central funding that is going to be a little bit more, uh, I say, scarce in the current climate. Yeah. Um, what do you make of it? Um, I think. I think that. That the RFL don't really explain things properly, or maybe it's just social media doesn't help a lot of things, and it, it you know Twitter and things sort of goes into hyperdrive, doesn't it? And it goes into meltdown and. Yeah, the RFL stopping players from playing. We're going to lose players to the game and, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I disagree with this. I disagree with the outlook that people have had on it. That the stopping players Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it's, it seems to be a real um, 
hotbed at the minute, hot topic at the minute. And I, I actually disagree with the um, with the vast majority. I think in in, in the way that it, it's been uh, publicised. Um, I think there's pluses and minus with it. I think some of the minuses. I think one of the things that I heard was that it was um, or read it was a it was a paper exercise. It was a form, eighty and ninety pages that was filled in. There wasn't a visit anywhere to the clubs mm-hmm. from the NRL, uh, the uh, RFL. And I think that in itself is wrong. Yeah. I don't think that we should have applications and six people sat around a desk. Yeah. Uh, it's not a job application. Like, oh, send us a photo of your training facilities. Yeah, it's not a job application. No. They should be on, I think they should be on tours with those clubs, looking at the facilities, looking at the standards, looking at the work programmes. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that, and I, and I don't agree with that that bit. I also think that, they should publish the shortfalls. If they've published the criteria, then they should publish the ac- the action plans and the shortfalls from those that haven't got in. Well, they said that those that failed to receive the elite status um, receive detailed feedback on areas for improvement and they can reapply in 2024. Mm. But you're right, I think they should publish it. I think... Or, or the clubs should publish it, just so that... See, I think what hasn't helped in the past, like clubs like Salford, for example, a couple of years ago, have chose not to run an academy. Yeah. Mm. The big thing that I've seen is about the Bradford Academy, and it's like they've produced some of the best, you know, the best ever players. Yeah. Or, you know, current... You know, look at Elliot Whitehead, James Bentley, John Bateman, apparently Jake Truman come through the Bradford Academy. Yeah. Uh, the Burgesses is, or <laughs> uh, I think Burgi. Was that Burgi? Burgi is the plural for Burgess. Like, like Lecti in yeah. Alan Partridge, yeah. Yeah. The Burgi and, and people like that. So, and, and everyone seems to have gone into this. Yeah, we're n- never, nobody like that's ever going to come through again. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, no, and, and I've I've read about that one of the reasons was the geographical proximity to some of the other academies, which is with Bradford because they've got Leeds. I read that in Hull KR because they've got Hull. Uh, that doesn't wash with me. Not when no, you, not that's... when not when you've got St Helens, Warrington, Wigan all getting one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm not accepting that one. No, it's a lot of crap that, but. It doesn't mean, does it, that clubs can't run an academy? They'd have a Category Two academy, wouldn't they? Which I'm yeah. thinking, which I'm guessing, this issue is more about funding. You would think so, and especially with the pandemic and stuff like you said, and the, the funding being more yeah scarce. Um, but they, they've said um, they can have development academies, which runs in conjuncture with education institutions and play in. College comps, yeah. Um, so I'm guessing that it's sort of like, well, obviously you still got your academy. Um, you just need to aim toward this elite label. Yeah, I mean, to me, you've got. I I think there needs to be a visible plan of what you need to achieve. And how you achieve it. Mm-hmm. 
And then that's that's clear for everybody who has an interest in that that academy of rugby league. Yeah. Right. What I don't accept is that it stops players from playing, and we don't lose players to the to the game. I, I'm not going with this that that's that's been said vociferously. No, you would think that the clubs are going to end yeah. because nobody's Let, coming through. Let's not get mixed up between elite sport and participation. Yeah. Participation is the community game. If you're in charge of a community club and you've lost a player to an academy, you haven't lost that player. You've done your job as a community club by feeding that, that player through to an elite pathway. Well done you as a community club. That's, that is why community clubs exist. To, uh, uh, one of the reasons they exist. To give people a start in the game, to get them the chance to go through to an academy. Now, if that academy isn't in operation, so if you've got a Bradford community club, if you're a community club in Bradford, and then you, haven't, you can't pass them on there, that's not your fault as a community club, that, and that's not the RFL's fault to an elite academy. Bradford could still run a Category 2 academy, but what do they have to do to be then granted the elite licence? What I don't understand is, why, why is there only 12 elite space for 12 elite academies? Is that funding again? Because shouldn't every team be aiming to have an academy, first of all have an academy, and then secondly, to reach elite status? Surely the academies should be graded A, B, C. So if you're St. Helens or or Warrington or Wigan or Leeds and you've got this A-grade academy, well, good for you, you've met those standards. If you're Bradford Bulls and you've got an academy and you're you're a B academy, well, that's right, you're still an academy. But what have you got to do to get to to be an A standard? And I think maybe that's what should be published from the RFL or or the clubs individually say, look, this is why we didn't get this status. Um, But we're working on this, this, this and this. And I think fans don't go into this like worst case scenario mode. I mean, I've looked at some of the stuff and it was saying about clubs had to work with... um, teams outside the traditional heartland well that's easy you just pair up with a community club in the midlands or the south somewhere or in scotland or wherever it's only like being a twin city exactly. or something yeah, isn't exactly it? and i'm gonna and i'm gonna pick on lee a little bit again here and this is again super league rugby league whatever the club surely should that not have been part of the criteria for Lee getting back in super league should that not have been part of the overall vision the overall plan when Lee were accepted back in Super League this time round, that you've got an A grade or an elite, whatever you call it, elite grade academy. Uh, possibly because all Super League clubs should have this elite academy. Possibly, but it it's seems a full time sport. I agree. I agree. Every 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 Super League club and you know even championships should championship clubs should be there or thereabouts. Of course, Super should. League should. Should definitely have these elite ones or A grade ones, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, I just think that 
that they should all have one. And but I think it's been put on the back burner, hasn't it, a little bit because we've not even had them over the last. Oh, you know, yeah. they've only really just started coming back. So they used to have the old service areas at one time. Yeah, um, which so, is part of the elite pathway. So I think if they've been on the back burners and then they turn around to Lee and say, "We haven't got an academy coming up." It, I, I can see it from sort of both sides. I, I, I agree, though. I, see, I do think that that should be part of the criteria. Um, but at the same time, you can't all, all of a sudden make a deal out of no the academies if they've not been there. But I'm, I'm, I'm down on the side, controversially, I think, in a minority with the RFL or Super League on this. What Because I think the responsibility lies with the clubs. Yeah. So what what do you have in an academy? What's important for an academy? Well, we've mentioned about the the twin and the community work, if you like, with outside the heartlands. There's also the community work locally, okay? Because that club should be a figurehead of the sport in that town or city for all that town or city's community clubs. It's about your standard of coaching. It's about your your organisation. It's about your facilities, isn't it? Your, your coaching facilities that you've got. It's about how many first team graduates or Super League graduates or championship graduates that, you've, that you're bringing through your academy. It's about your programme of work. It's about what you're doing with each age group for that development. Yeah. And I feel really, and I feel really strongly about this and I seem to be in a real minority about it that it's, it, it, this, this image that it's depriving players the chance to go and play for their local team that they might have dreamed of by it's down to the clubs to get to get that right mm. it isn't down to the RFL to get that right they've set the criteria so if eight super league clubs can meet that criteria then why can't the other four and i think that's why that needs to be published as well it's not just about oh you haven't got it because we've picked such a body oh uh, Ulkar you haven't got one because we've decided to give one to London oh and 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 Salford you've not got one because we're giving it to Newcastle yeah because that's how it sort of comes across to me that it's like well we've only had room for for ten or yeah. we you know we wanted twelve but we've only give ten but- um. But they haven't come out and said, this is why you haven't done it, this is why you haven't done it, this is why you haven't done it. And you meet this criteria within this amount of time yeah, and you'll get the elite licence. Yeah. But if, as more comes out, if people are listening and if you, if you agree or you don't agree, just drop us a message because we'd love to hear from you on this. Yeah. Because I think it's a, I think I have a real controversial minority view on this. So I'd love to hear what people think. Yeah. Um I agree, you know, if, if people want to come on and give us their thoughts on it and things like that, you know, that's what we're all about. We want to get people involved and absolutely see what the, you know, all the, the rugby league fans are saying. So that was more like my red corner, really, wasn't it? I was gonna, well, it was originally a red corner, wasn't it? And then we sort of decided that it deserved um, – a bit more importance than that, or a bit more discussion than a red corner, um, and then you just sort of really ran with it. So yeah, sorry. Don't apologize I was, to I was, me. I was quite. I was. I was quite. I've been quite annoyed about it, really, though. One about the the clubs not getting the academies, but two why, and I think that's what we really need to to uh, to look at. 
Yeah. And where that where that lies, where that fault lies. Yeah. Um I agree. Okay. I agree. Well, I've calmed down now and I think we've only got a preview to do, haven't we? Yes, we've got a um, a quick preview to do. Super League um this weekend. Um kicks off Thursday night, Salford v Warrington. Some interesting games this week, and this is one of them. Um, Salford, big improvement last week. Good win for Warrington. Um, minus Greg Inglis now. Uh, but I think with Widdop and Austin in good form, I think Warrington will take this, and I think they'll take this by 12. I agree with everything you've said. I think it just might be by more, and I'm going to say 18. Um, Castleford versus Leeds a sort of derby if you will they seem to hate each other don't they and I don't really know why is it just the proximity because I thought Cass should hate Wakefield they do they do but then it seems it's like this one reminds me in football you know that um, Brighton versus Crystal Palace <laughs> Like the M25 derby or whatever they dubbed it. like 80 miles away or something. Yeah. Why do they hate each other? Yeah. It's like that. Anyway, please tell us. Yeah. Uh, please tell us. Um, I, You look at it and you think, well, can cast bounds back? Are they that good? Are they... Uh, was last week's game at Warrington maybe a more reflection of where they are? Can Leeds... Get a win. I'm going to go Cass. I'm going to go Cass 10. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think, I think Warrington are a good side and Cass just didn't quite do it on the day. But at the start, the badge can't really say that they're now going to deteriorate and Leeds haven't really been that good and don't seem to be getting that much better. Um I'm going to say cast by 14. Okay. Um, Saints and Hull. Um, I don't think Saints will lose two on the trot. I think it'll be a game of forwards and defence. Um, I think it'll be a real pack battle. And I can see Saints edging this by six in a very low-scoring game. I'll, I'll even give you the score if you want on this one. On. I think it'll be, I think it'll be twelve-six. Okay. I think um, Saints aren't defending very well, and they're not attacking very well. Um, and I think Hull are doing both those things. Pretty decently, so I'm going to say Hull, um, and I think Hull will win by eight. Right, yeah. Um, okay, uh, what's yeah. next? Catalan and Wigan. This looks a good one, doesn't it? Does look a very good one, yeah. Catalan at home are always a, a bit of a force, aren't they? And yeah. Not many people go to the south of France and come away with two points. And it's completely home crowd. Yeah. They've got the fans back in. And they do make some noise. Can can they back up the win against Saints and spoil somebody else's 100% record? I think they can. 
I think they can. I don't know if they will. I think they can, and I think they will, and I think it'll be similar to last week, where they'll win by four. I think Wigan by six. Okay. Um, old KR versus Lee. Just on that one, why? Why do you think? Why do you think that Catalan won't beat them? Um, I just think Wigan look look solid and and don't really show any. I mean, they had a, a, maybe a slight wobble against Salford. Uh, with Salford running them close, but apart from that, they'd look pretty dominating, really. And okay, yeah, I think maybe maybe the Catalan game, uh, sorry, the Saints game for Catalan is, is maybe I don't know. I just can't see them. Okay, they could. I'm not saying they won't. Uh, well, I don't think they will. Um, anyway, uh, Rovers versus Lee. Rovers. <laughs> I think that's all there is to say about that. It's just a case of how much, I think, isn't it? Um, yeah, they, they, they've played some okay stuff, Rovers. Yeah. Compare them to the Parramatta Eels a couple of weeks ago, just throwing the ball around in style. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think they'll have too much. I think they're back to winning ways, I think. Okay. Uh, Old KR, I think, this week. Um, and I'll take Old KR by 18. Okay. Ask me. Uh, what do Rove, you think? Rovers or Lee? Oh, Rovers or Lee? Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think LKR by at least twenty eight. Do you think? Yeah, Lee are just not been about a close game really, have they this season? Well, the one against Huddersfield, the positives were, I read for Lee were that they were in the game, in the game up to like fifty odd minutes, and it was close, and Huddersfield ran away with it. But they got seven tries in the second half, Huddersfield, with no reply. You're just not going to win any games like that, are you? No, no. I, so. I, th- I think, yeah, I think 28. Okay. Uh, and the last game of the weekend, Wakefield versus Huddersfield. Um, I think Wakefield will take a lot out of the game last week, but I think Huddersfield are looking a lot more like it as they should. And I do think that Huddersfield will um, win this one. I, I think comfortably. I think Huddersfield will win about 16. I think they're starting to look the part now. Um, yeah, I'm not sure whether they'll win it comfortably because I think Wakefield are a decent side and all the games seems to have been quite close. And Yeah, I mean, reasoning for it is more about Huddersfield than it is about Wakefield. Wakefield. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Um, I, I think Huddersfield will win, I think, but I think it'll be quite uh, well. I think it'll be closer than that. I think they'll win by um, eight. Okay. Um, and I think that just about wraps us up for this week. I think it does. So, again, as usual, as we say every week, wherever you're watching your rugby league, enjoy the greatest game. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.